0: I'll be too nervous to i off probably be lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost for Words DFS podcast. I've then done it again, not called it DraftKings Podcast, but Matt Vincenza, you're here again and uh, you can put me on a straight and narrow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what a week last week. What a playoff. So many uh Incredible moments, so many clutch putts by Zalatoris. It just was an, an awesome week, uh, and it just shows the excitement on the PGA Tour is uh, unmatched. And we got some more storylines too, besides just the great golf. So hey, there's another week on the PGA Tour, right?
0: Yeah, it was. Um, it's definitely a good advert for it. Um, ironically, I think that's the worst that Zalatoris has played in contention, uh, especially in the playoff. I mean, he didn't hit fairways. Got a really is it ten that he got a fortunate bounce where it bounced back into the fairway. Um, I know his putting was great um, and that is ultimately what got him over the line but it just felt like especially on 18 where he just kept going with the same and I know that's kind of his decade thing and all that sort of stuff but like he just kept pounding it into the rough and it never looked like the right move
1: Yeah, I didn't get it. If he wanted to take that line, he, he, he needed to take it right over the water if he was taking driver there. That's that's the only opportunity and I, and I saw on Twitter I said, um, while I was watching I said, thank God we're, we're moving on from 18 and going to 11 and someone kind of commented under it and said, I think 18 favors Zalatouris, but because, you know, it looked like Straka was eventually going to hook one in the water, but I don't I don't think it did, because I don't think he could hit the fairway, and if you didn't hit the fairway, you can't get it close. So he, he put nothing close the whole time, so I was glad to go to 11, and then, shockingly, he goes in the water on 11,
0: but Straka uh, bails us out there. I, I couldn't believe what Straka did there, and I'm assuming Straka never meant to take that line, that was just a bad hit, um, and, and he kind of just, he just yanked it, but like, it's unforgivable when, when Zalatouris was basically going to have to drop. I mean, he was lucky to even stay dry, right? But um, in the end, he had to drop it anyway. But, like, I just can't believe struck didn't take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, I actually think he might have done it on purpose. I think he thought Zalatouris might have stayed up. And he, I think he wanted to stick one and say, end this thing right now. And the reason I kind of think that is because the very last shot he hit was a 151 yards out with an uh, iron on the yeah. on, on 18. So I think he, he trying to... It would have been a big mishit to go that far right. Well, that was the forward. thing.
0: Like, it didn't look like a miss hit, But if it wasn't a miss hit, it was the most questionable decision I've ever seen. Like, it was just awful. And again, if you just back yourself and, and want to end it, then great. I mean, that's a great sign for his confidence, which is really bizarre considering he's been the worst player on tour for about six weeks. So, um, hey, he, uh, he didn't get the job done. Um, Two times is a chance to win this week. I thought it would have been pretty wild if Zalasaurus still hadn't won yet, and Sipstracker was a two-time winner on the season. But uh, I think it was good for him to get over the line. Deserved. Um, a lot of happy people out there. I wasn't on him. Um, I, I was pretty happy to let him win. And I didn't really, I didn't feel um, aggrieved really by the decision. I was pretty happy with with going with Sung Jae and Finau and, and that. And although they didn't get the kind of moves that that I wanted from them, I mean Finau bogey in the last to drop from. Third to fifth was pretty frustrating, considering it was a five-foot putt. But you know, like ultimately, I was pretty happy with the process. Cam Smith played well, um, as as I kind of expected him to, barring the uh, the penalty. So, and Trey Mullinax. I mean, as I said, I I thought he was going to outperform his price again, and thought he was overlooked.
1: Mullinax was good. He was impressive. He, that chip in, I, I thought, he, you know, the whole day I was just crossing guys off once they oh, make a mistake. And I would say, hey, cross him off now, cross him off now, cross him off now. And I was ready to cross off Molinax when he was had that little chip for par. Then he makes it. I'm like, all right, got to wait a couple of holes to, to cross him off. And uh, I thought I was going to be able to cross Straka off earlier, too, and I wasn't. So he just kind of hung around and played well. Um, and I agree with you. You know, a lot, I think a lot of people... We're. And I know you tweeted something like this. We're betting on Zalatoris because they didn't want to miss it. They've been betting him for two years. They weren't going to miss the first one. And like I, I, joked that everyone who bets him every week now is even on him for their lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that's the second time I ever bet Zalatoris in my life. So I was like, I just identified. I thought it was a great course for him because the ball striking just neutralized the poor putting, and he gained two strokes putting. That's all you have to do for him, and and he was able to do it. So, but I, I mean, I was a little shocked by the. So he loses the caddy, and now he's drilling 12-foot 12 put, 12 par putts in one of the most clutch putty performances I've seen.
0: Yeah, so either he had like he, either he was a terrible green reader and got that caddy to step in and read it, and he was even worse at reading greens. Um, or it's just... I mean, I think like mentally he was basically saying that he felt like he was going to lose his friend uh, if he didn't get rid of him, and maybe that was just always playing on his mind, especially on the green where he's a bit fragile. And it, it could be a whole bunch of things. I mean, it looks like his putting's actually just improved in general. I mean, we kept saying it was inside the majors. I counted that point. I think it was just when, you know, he needed to putt for par, he was better. Uh, and now he's been doing it for, you know, and it was really his par putting that saved him. Um, seems to focus in a little bit more on those. I think the same as Fitzpatrick, like they seem to really hone in on those par putts over birdie putts. Um, but he did it in a 15 under par um, winning score. So I think he's kind of squashed those, um, putting issues a little bit. And I know that um who's a guy that does decade. He he was going absolutely crazy, wasn't he, on, on Twitter, basically calling everybody out. Um which was good fun. Um but yeah, I, I think I'm glad to see him win. Uh probably glad to see the back of the week really with the, the couple of guys dropping out of the top five. I mean Sung should have played better um on the final day. Didn't really get going, but hard to follow up that sixty three. I suppose really it was his start that was the issue. He started with seventy right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a pretty good week. Apart from really Glover and Harmon, who were up there. I think, well, I suppose Stracker itself. Um, were fairly predictable, I think.
1: Yeah, and we, we did identify Smith as a pivot on here, and I know you liked him a lot and you played him.
0: Yeah.
1: So a couple of questions for him. One, is he really hurt? And two, is he going to be at East Lake?
0: No, he's not hurt. Um, will he be at East Lake? Someone put a, a thing out from the PGA Tour saying that Webb Simpson did this last year, or two years ago, a move from fourth to fifth by the time he goes to the Tour Championship. So I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, I can't see why he would miss this week to then come back. I don't really get like because what point is he proving unless he's just saying, look, I can duck out for a week and it's going to hurt your product more than it's going to hurt me and I'll just come back next week and have a chance to win. That's
1: why I think he's not coming back too. I mean, everyone talks about how much he loves his guaranteed money. This is a guaranteed paycheck. He could have withdrew after the first tee shot and said yeah. he had a hit problem if he wanted to. That's, that's what makes you think he's... He's not coming back, but uh, it'll be interesting
0: to, to monitor. I don't think he's hurt. Like, I think I think one thing he's definitely not hurt is he's hurt from carrying around like cash uh, around his waist. Um, I don't think that... I mean, he said he's been dealing with a hip injury for months. He's been pretty good for months, if that's the issue. Um, there we go. It's, it's one of those, isn't it? Another, another day in the evolving golf landscape. I am just about ready to... Uh, To not, you know, pick a side anymore. I tried to pick a side one time, and and it wasn't even... I've kept saying this a lot of the time. Like, I wasn't picking sides in the sense of Liv versus PGA. I was just kind of trying to get people to see it from the player's perspective. Um, Kind of giving up on that a little bit now. It it doesn't get me anywhere, and you're never going to change people's minds, as we said before. So trying to stay out of that one and just, I would say, as a final closing point on it, that the next couple of months are going to be... horrific for the guys that that don't believe in people moving over because there's going to be a few more right and my my um closing point on
1: this too is i just want to say the cam smith thing like a lot of people don't get here is that australians don't view the pga tour the way americans view the pga tour um when cam smith was growing up and a lot of these australians they you know they never dreamt of of winning the valero texas open they never dreamt of winning um the byron nelson right they were they Definitely care about the majors, no doubt about it. But the PJ Tour never has really made much of an effort to go to Australia. You know, Presidents Cup once every decade, and there's a lot of his, like historical golf figures from Australia. I feel like they haven't really been embraced by the PJ Tour. What is? I don't think Cam Smith owes them anything. I I don't think you can look at this, look at him going to live the same way you can look at a DJ or a Phil or a Bryson going to live.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting point. I suppose we can't really close with that because now we're gonna we're gonna discuss it, but like. <laughs> I think we're in t- like the, the the real black uh, sheep amongst everyone is Greg Norman, right? And he was a truly global golfer. Like he he won all his global events, and he definitely didn't necessarily hang on the PGA Tour, right? He was he did his work by playing on the European Tour when it was good, playing on the Asian Tour, playing in you know Australia, etc. And I think now, like you say, it's more these guys want to get to Augusta, they want to get to the US Open, Open. I think it's probably the Augusta and Open for them, like St Andrews and Augusta is really the kind of pinnacle for the Australians then they like to play their Aussie PGA Championship the you know I think I think the camaraderie like someone said to me before like why does um, Minwoo Lee play so well in the majors and I was like well I think it's just because they get the chance to meet up with Scott and Day and you know Leishman and, and kind of just play off of them because I'm guessing it's a fairly I mean you always hear on the PGA Tour that everyone is just kind of out for themselves anyway so um, you don't really get that camaraderie. And when there's like kind of five or six decent Australians against a load of American guys that may not have welcomed them in, and I don't say they are. I don't, I don't think that Cameron Smith's kind of just left a load in the corner and oh, woe is me. But like, I, I, to your point, I think that there is less inclination for them. Has Cameron Smith, does he owe something to the PJ Tour? I don't know. I mean, like, the biggest win until the Open was on the players. So if he's not in the PJ Tour, he doesn't get that, I guess. Um, otherwise, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. I think it's it all comes back to like the guys when they say like, does Tommy Fleetwood owe the European Tour, or does Matthew Fitzpatrick owe the European Tour? I mean, they've made their life on there really, and and never until this year Fitzpatrick hadn't made an impact on the PJ Tour, Fleetwood yeah. hadn't made an impact on the PJ Tour. So, um, do they owe, owe everything to the DP World Tour? Well, they they don't seem to show it because they just spend <laughs> all year on the on the PJ Tour as well. So. You could certainly start dominoing that everywhere. So it's an interesting point. I think I think there's definitely you've got to view it like you say, case by case. Like I can see why Richard Bland takes x amount of Guarantee money, and I don't really see the need for DJ to take it, other than the fact that I don't know if I'd be able to turn it down if he did. Like you know, it's it's one of those ones. Like Phil Mickelson doesn't need money unless he's in a gambling hole, which he could well be. Um it, It's all very much case by case. I don't know. It, it's tough now. It's one of those ones where. We had very similar outlooks on it. Uh, most of Twitter didn't, um, and it's probably just a little bit of a minefield, and one that' I'm gonna try and avoid so that we don't uh, don't don't upset a lot of listeners. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll we'll go to the BMW now.
0: Let's, let's go to the BMW. I mean, it's it it's, again. Like our feelings are very much out there. I think, like, if you ask me about it, I will answer it honestly. I'm not gonna change my mind because of you know pressures or anything like that has my mind changed a little bit on it i don't even think it has i think the product itself needs some work and and things from there but we'll pick this up again in i think me and you will probably have a conversation about it uh as a podcast itself at the start of next yeah. year maybe
1: and we can go into a bunch of other things we'll have plenty of time in the off season for that maybe they'll season preview and just just talk
0: yeah i mean what, what's that that off season is it about three days before we, we start yeah. getting the thoughts of it or whatever yeah um, we, we love it so anyway let's go into the bw championship obviously this is the second leg of the fedex cup uh we've just obviously had a fedex and jude championship with will's other winning and leapfrogging his friend in the standings into the top um i guess before we go dive straight in do you have a problem with the weighting of the fedex cup rankings
1: yeah absolutely i think it um I think they're doing everything they can to make the players care about it because I I think it's pretty obvious that no one really cared that much since its inception, but now they're putting so much money into it that people are, you know, kind of have to care because it is a big paycheck and you see it more with the lower level guys who just want to make it to the next, next round so they can get that guaranteed paycheck. But yeah, Zaltois didn't have the best year. Um, You know, he he wasn't better than Scotty or Smith with that being said, he did have all those, you know, the second place finished in the major. So he deserves to go a little bit above there, but um, but I think, yeah, I think it's weighted too much. Four times a regular event is too much. Maybe twice, twice the amount I think would be fair.
0: Like, like really, if it's a season crowning award, it should only go to either Smith or Scheffler at this stage.
1: Yeah, R- really, it, it should. And and Scotty's been struggling down the stretch too. So I. You know, and Dalitors has had a good year, but he should be third right now. If he wins another one, then maybe you can talk about him, you know, jumping up and well, boom, like, getting like out of the.
0: Horsell winning two playoff events in a row. I kind of got it. I mean, again, you could argue, should he have even been in that position? Blah, blah, blah. I can't even remember exactly how his year was leading up to that. But had he won already as well on the year? I, the I think
1: he won. Did um, he win Zurich? Yeah, he won, he won some event later in the season.
0: Like so i mean it's an imperfect system like i think it's weighted very much that some people can't even keep their cards like i think sometimes like if you're not in the wgc's or the well, in wgc's now like majors um you're struggling right like i just if you're not playing those major championships or you're not in the players field or you're not in you basically find it very very difficult to keep a card and that goes back not that we wanted to go back and play, <laughs> but the, the live thing
1: but the lower level guys and people are you know crucifying them for taking some money like a lot of these guys have no other way to earn guaranteed money. They're just they're playing week to week, and if you don't if you don't get to this point in the season, then you're not making that much money. If you're Peter Uline, for example, you know the guy you interviewed. So, um,
0: yeah, it's it's tough, and they want to pay you know reward top, top players. So that's that's what they're doing. Yeah, and I think also going back to that kind of Peter Uline point that he made is like he said that if you qualify for the Corn Ferry Tour event uh, and you're a Corn Ferry Tour, uh, sorry, if you qualify for the PJ Tour event. Uh, but you wanted to play on the Corn Ferry. Like, if you are a PJ Tour member and you qualify for the PJ Tour event, you have to play that, whether it makes more sense for you to play the Corn Ferry Tour or not. So, like, Uline would have had a chance to go back to back at a tournament after kind of winning one. I can't remember exactly where he said it was or contending one. He was ready to really rock and roll and he had to go and play like Puerto Rico or whatever. Like, it's a, it's a really imperfect system that's something that needs looking at. And I think. I think ultimately they naively thought this wasn't going to get off the ground and now it's got off the ground. They've had to react rather than being proactive. And I think if they'd have, if they'd have kind of sourced all these problems before, uh, they'd be in better stead. I think they're going to get there.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I agree that the whole thing has been reactive rather than proactive. And I think that's kind of been the PJ Tour's problem in, in this whole thing. And I, I really am, and again, this probably is better for an next conversation, but now the fall season is like, everyone is saying how much Liv sucks and the format sucks, but now we're making a fall swing in the PJ Tour that's that's basically exactly what live is minus yeah. the team format like i i just think that's too reactive and i don't think it's what we want
0: as golf fans so um and i think you if know you, if you made a, te- if you if the pj tour introduced this, this team aspect that people would love it like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying i actually really love the way they live do it i don't think because they haven't had settled teams or anything like that it's not worked like you can't actually get invested because they keep swapping and changing the players every time someone signs up but and the draft content hasn't worked properly and all that sort of stuff. But that will figure itself out in 2023. And I think if the PGA tour Tours said, like, you know, Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, um, Tony Finau, Cameron Smith and Scottie Sheffer are captains and they're going to draft their players, like, people would love it. So it's, it's you know, it, it's different ways of going about it. It is an imperfect system. It is a conversation we should have at a later date. Let's go into the BMW Championship. I've got a soft track again. So... Cameron Smith is out. he was actually 107 uh, in the market in the top price player, which I thought was weird um, based on the betting. Yeah, it
1: was it, let, let's stop talking about live All right Cameron Smith is 107 and he withdrew <laughs> yeah. for unknown reasons. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was weird too. I mean maybe just because he was the last week he was kind of the of the elite guys he was the guy who was around most yeah um, and he was at the top and so yeah I, he might have been the Zo but I would agree very surprising. Um, but he's out.
0: So so, so Rory's ten five leading the way. John 10 ten three. Justin Thomas ten one. Zalatoris ten. I love Justin Thomas this week.
1: It's you know, and I, it, um, it's funny. I think the the people are going to like this one because I I disagree with you, and I think that's that's good for the show. <laughs> it is. Uh, so you tell me why you like him.
0: So I, I'm just going a lot on the fact that I thought his Robert Trent Jones stuff was really really good, right? Like he's won at Firestone um he has finished top 10 in the majors at that point as well um and to me like his irons improved a lot i said a lot they improved every round um last week as well and to me that was just a really good sign like i think he's made an equipment change you might know better than i do uh on that based on the wrx stuff but i think he's made an equipment change um you know he's 30 screen last week ninth off the team was only third in approach but as i said it got better each time and the win at Firestone, 6th of the 2018 PGA at Bell Reeve, 4th of the Quicken Loans, all uh, Robert Trent Jones designs, has a win in this event, obviously at a different golf course as well. So I just believe he has got one for the, uh, before the end of the year. Yeah, and
1: it's an interesting way to frame it, where he's gotten better each of the four rounds last week, and it is true. But the way I'm looking at it is he gained 0.8 strokes on approach, and he's supposed to be the best iron player in the world, or the top three iron player in the world and he overall it wasn't that good and even his best round the fourth was he gained you know 1.4 or something like that so yeah I just you know when you see him winning it tends to be when he's gaining six seven eight it's the same way I feel about about Morikawa if you look at his past couple of wins there's there's been a huge spike week and within the couple of weeks prior to him him doing it uh, and him actually winning like the week before the the players he didn't play well at I forget what event it was but I know he gained 9.4 strokes on approach and that's why I I bet him at the players yeah Um, so I don't think he's showed us that quite yet I still think something's a little bit off since he's won the PGA I don't think it's been you know all that great and the stats were he he gained almost seven strokes putting at the PGA championship Um, and I know he was in a bad wave so I think that obviously uh, influences that a little bit but I just don't think he's 100% himself and you talk about the guys who have been good at the uh, at the Trent Jones courses I think the guy right above him has been better, uh, Rory McIlroy. And uh, that's who I'm going with up top. I bet him. I'm all in on him. I'm
0: single bullet. I think he's winning this week, and I think he might win by five shots. It's interesting because, like, Rory McIlroy off of a missed cut is generally pretty good. Like, I think people have kind of said the same about Scotty Scheffler, but I think Rory McIlroy is the the kind of best example of that. Um, He gained strokes on approaching both rounds last week, but, again, his one not as good as you'd expect from Rory, so it's a tough one. I think, I think for me, like when I think of JT, I think if things are gonna go wrong, like does his has his driver gone off boil? And the fact that he hit the drive really well, and the the uh, the Robert Trent Jones designs don't ask that much of you. Like if he can just put that on repeat, take the pressure off, and just I trust him to find designs at any given point. Like I know a lot of people, we talk an awful lot about people kind of foreshadowing good form and stuff like that. I think he can just find ten this week, like Morikawa did. Or or has done in the past, like he only gained three more Hour, but that was a, a decent improvement on what he had been doing. So um, I do think he's capable of that, and, and I I really understand the Rory thing. Like there isn't a player that I can't make a case for here. Like I think John Rahm was really impressive last week, considering he has been so far off of it for so long, to kind of basically meander to a top five finish. I don't think he ever really did anything kind of stand out. Um, had a good approach day on the final day but otherwise was pretty average like I think they're all good like Zalatoris I mean how do you then say what we've said about Zalatoris all along that he can't go back to back Um, I think a lot of people are going to buy into that back to back thing because people are doing it like Finau's done it Zander's done it Uh, I don't know if Cameron Smith's done it but he's obviously gone within recent starts like I think people are just expecting that to be the new norm and I wouldn't necessarily expect Zalatoris to do it this week no I don't either and you know I
1: also think it's going to be 22 23 under and that's i mean the reason i bet Zalatoris last week partly is because i thought minus 14 was going to be the winner
0: um
1: and i think that's a great score for him 25 under i don't think so um rory i think could do it jt can definitely do it but i would still rank these guys rory rory one rom two and that's where i'm at i I was debating between those two i decided on rory one because the miscut stuff is great three of his last eight wins are off miscuts yeah Uh, and he has two seconds as well. So. You know, just incredible stuff. He's only missed, I think, ten cuts in the last three seasons, and um, you know, so that is a bigger sample size than it actually seems like. Winning three of his past eight, and then um,
0: also first ben, start since the the kind of disappointing loss at the Open.
1: Yeah, so I think he's had time to bounce back from that. He's been incredible on in bent grass greens. Probably the uh, he's been the third best putter on bent grass greens in the past twenty four rounds. I think all season he's been been one of the best. Um, so I think he can, you know, he can. He's been putting it really well all season too. So um and i just think you know he you said jt has one more in him i think rory has one more and i think he's been the better player this year uh outside of not being able to win a ma- win a major so i think uh and plus he's the all-time money uh, earner on, on the fedex cup playoffs he always shows up in these events i think he's going to be there
0: yeah no i think so it's, it's one of those ones right that I trust rory a lot at the moment actually which is not something i, I tend to say about rory the, the only thing in terms of this was my betting cap on in terms of jt over rory i don't think the price um disparity is warranted right like i think that that rory is always that little bit shorter uh, than everybody because they don't want you to bet and i don't necessarily subscribe to the fact that he's that much better than everybody else in the way that everyone else does so um, I do get that he's got a great chance. I do think he's a good play in DFS if you want to do that. If you, if, you, know, if you, if you think it's a Rory week, you've got to play him. It's as simple as that, um, limited field. But um, yeah, in terms of betting, I don't think he warrants that slightly short price every week.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think um, I'm locking him in probably 100% of, of lineups, um, just like it was at El Torres last week. But his last 24 rounds, fifth in approach, third in ball striking, first in birdie are better, third in putting. So that's so why.
0: Do, do you think he's the best player on tour? Um, I think he at his best. He's he's when he's when he's at his best, he's the best. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, I think that's a probably a good line for him. Um then you go into the kind of nine K range now and you've got Patrick Cantley leading the way at nine nine, Scotty Scheffler nine eight, Tony Fina nine seven, Xander Shofflay nine six, Matthew Patrick nine five, and Colin Morikawa Mar- nine four. We'll leave it uh, there and do the rest in a moment. I think both obviously Cantley made the cut and was disappointing, but Scheffler obviously missed. So those two have got question marks, I think, over them, whether you you know you like them or not. So I'm just going straight back to the world with Tony Finau.
1: Yeah, Fino seems definitely the safest, I think, incredibly safe. He's just, even when he doesn't seem to be playing all that well. My only concern with Fino here is he was great on Thursday and he kind of fell off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He didn't really do much after that. And then on 18 on Sunday, so he missed that final putt. And it's like, All these guys who get hot for a stretch eventually revert back to who they are. Even Scheffler, Like, when Scheffler was the hottest player in the world, he was making every 10-foot par putt ever. And prior to that, that that wasn't who he was. And I think Fino eventually will revert back to who he's been. He was just in one of those hot stretches. But um, I do think he's safe enough to where his ball striking has been so good, his off the tee is so good. He he makes a bunch of birdies. Like, I still think he's a very safe play. Um, But for me, I would probably... You know, I think this is a week where you can take two guys at the top, and you probably should take two guys at the top because with the format and 70 guys and everyone and you know no cut, you can sneak in a guy in the low sixes, and they really aren't that bad. They're the top 70 players okay. this season, and you can make it work. So like, I would probably go Rory Rahm. Um If you liked JT, you could go Rory JT. I think that's definitely intriguing. Um, Cantley, I know his he was stats were bad last week, but he is a different player on bent grass, I feel like. So he can make a bunch of birdies too.
0: It's weird. So going back to Fina a little bit, like he was eighth in approach on day one and fifth in approach day four. And it was very, very similar to his off the tee game. So bookend rounds are really good, which, which encouraged me. Like if it had been really hot round one, then just terrible for the rest of the week. Like he kept putting himself under pressure uh, by missing the fairways. Uh, I just think it's such a better golf course for him. And he finished fifth with, by missing one putt on the final uh, hole. Uh, I just want to go back to him one more time. If it doesn't work, and, and he, like you say, kind of reverts to who he is, then, you know, that's that. Um, Patrick Canley was really weird. Back backed him, first-round leader, and I think he had a chance to go 600 through 9. Uh, missed it, and then just made nothing coming back. That was his best round of day, 67. Um, best round of the week, sorry. And he got worse every every day, 67, 68, 71, 72. So that put me off a little bit. Like you say, different player, maybe on bent grass. Um, I don't want to make a... I, I, I probably just won't be able to play them. Like you say, I, I, I would probably go Thomas now or Rory Thomas, whatever. Um, so I don't really need to play those two guys, but I think Shoffley might be getting overlooked a bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, previously he was supposed to be the no cut guy and uh, this is a no cut and this is an event He could definitely win probably going overlooked a bit for sure. Um, a lot of long part threes on this course. He plays very well. He's actually ranks first in part three from between 200 and 225 yards. So I think yeah. that's, that's good. Um, but he's his he was pretty bad last week his stats were bad uh i you know i don't tend to play him anyway so it could have been a blip because prior to that his stats have been excellent but last week it was really disappointing
0: and i think a lot of people i thought i think that course should have suited him a bit better yeah i think so too it's one of those ones where like are you putting much stock into the event form here like i know obviously they change course every year basically over the last five years or four or five years and before that it was kind of cog hill but are you putting anything into the type of courses that they have been in the past, or are you just treating this as its own thing?
1: Yeah, I think it's mostly irrelevant, right? Because I don't think we can say that this course is very similar to anything. I know some people have said like visually it looks a lot similar to Caves Valley, which um, I thought that course was awful. And I just they just said today they're bringing it back in 2025. I thought they <laughs> should, you know, eject it into the sun instead. Just it said. bomb but, it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I, I I don't I'm not putting too much into it. Um, similar area of the country,
0: I guess. So, so maybe that, that, that that's the only thing I was thinking like it, it obviously this is the first time they're in Delaware but like it's normally Illinois or Indiana or whatever but like it, it is a similar part of the world and a similar time of year and it's generally speaking I know it's not exactly the same but it's a similar test as well in the sense that uh, you know the, the, the long and strong drivers can kind of take advantage so I think when you look at just these these FedEx Cup playoffs like we, I think we spoke about it last week and um you know, it it does generally seem to be the same type of people every time, so I've kind of looked at, like, Tony Finau, 7th, 8th, 4th, 5th and 15th, the last five times in this event, like, I just thought it was amazing, like, he just seems to turn up at this time of year every time, John Rahm, 5th, 24th, 5th, 1st, 9th, Um, you know, just really wild, I mean, Rory's obviously 1-1, he's also got an 8th, 4th, 5th and 4th, like, his results stretch over a longer period of time, so there's some lesser results in there, but, I do think it's worth looking at. I think it's worth considering. I don't, again, I don't want to get too caught up in it because they're just different courses every year and it's really tough. But um, again, we, we talk about people that like people that maybe don't believe it's going to carry on. Like Matt Fitzpatrick's 9-5 and he just, again, just walked into a tie fifth finish last week.
1: Yeah. Again, if we think, I mean, do we think it's going to be a
0: in the 20s? I think so. I think every year we think because we see a picture of some like everyone keeps commenting about juicy rough and it happens at the majors and they drop a ball in there and it never matters. So I think if it's not the twenties, it's going to be high teens anyway. Yeah, I mean, six of the past seven have been twenty under or better.
1: Yeah. Of this event, so I think the PGA Tour likes to put on these scoring affairs. They think people like that. For, you know, they. It's like a, a ripple in time. You know, they say something. You know, five they're reactive like 5 years later so i still think they're going to find out that we like the tougher events maybe in 3 or 4 years but they <laughs> they're they're signature events right now they like the scoring so i think they are going to have the scoring here there's only been one um olympia fields right john raw olympia fields and that one was i think it was really condition related too it was really windy and it was really firm
0: yeah like i don't i don't think they got what they wanted that week like, i think weren't they no, expecting exactly. rain and it just didn't happen um you're right so you know yeah i th- so do you think that's a negative on fits yeah i do
1: i i think he can only win when it's i don't know 12 13 under i know he's had some good ones on the european tour but just on and he makes too many pars in these in these events and even um last week it's like anytime he has a chance to make a run he just can't make a birdie he makes pars and i still think he kind of reverted back to what he was like he's a guy who's just can i like his floor i think his floor is excellent yeah um i think like he's not going to finish worse than eighth but you know you want the guy who's going to win when you you know, I think probably ten guys can win this thing. You want to get at least two of them in your lineup, and um, but definitely safe. Um, and I think he, you know, he, he's going to play the par fives
0: well. He's going to do do a lot of things well, but um, probably not where I'm going to go. Just that added length, but like I said, I mean, like I made the comp between him and Zadasaurus in the par putting, like that that speaks perfectly to your point, right? Can like you look at his last five starts? Uh, 11 under last week, fifth. 9 under at the Open Championship, 21st. 3 under at the Scottish Open, sixth. Wins the US Open at six under. Finishes top ten at the Canadian Open, nine under. Like it's very clear what his wheelhouse is, right? Like three under, six under, plus three, plus two, minus fourteen was pretty much the best he's done all year, and that was fifth at the Valspar, sixth for the Pebble Beach. So that kind of suggested that the scoring got away from him, despite the fact he was playing really well. So yeah, I think I think that probably sums it up really well. Um, I'm not going to overreact to the Morikawa thing.
1: No, no, no. I think um, people have just been wanting to keep going to Morikawa, and I think they're just trying to find like reasons to make him um,
0: great again.
1: Great again. And (laughs) I I don't think he's been there. I looked at he was he's 18th this season in strokes gained approach, which in last uh, when he when he won the Open he was first, and he was first. Like I've mentioned on the show before, he gained 54 strokes on the field in his past 24 rounds. The second best was 36. When he won the Open, so not only is he not first anymore, like he was lapping the field. And you mentioned earlier about how JT can kind of spike with the irons, and you kind of mentioned Colin. I think he's different than that. I, I agree with you on JT that he can, but with
0: you think he's steady build,
1: yeah, Colin. Like so, before he before he won um, the Open, these are his stroke chain approach numbers. And keep in mind when he missed the cut of the Scottish, that was year um, that wasn't co-sanctioned, so the stats aren't in there for this. Yeah. So the, leading up to it stroke gain approach 7.6 7.7 8.2 6.8 8.3 win um those are absurd numbers he's he's never he's not come close to that uh his last four 1.1 1. 1, 4, 5.6 at the charles love that was good um plus one last week plus 3.2 there's nothing that shows me that he's getting ready to win and win an event and then you know that doesn't even include the Genesis or the
0: or the Open where he missed a cut and ball, so I can't imagine they were very good. And plus the fact that you know you're getting a guy that doesn't. If if you if you think about skill set guys, he doesn't fit that. Like he's not this like long straight guy that gets away with being in a rough. Like his thing is built on accuracy, and if he's we always say this like if you're one strength you're not meeting, then you can kind of count yourself out. So. I like the fact that he kind of bounced back and it was good to see him finish top five and stuff like that, but I think that was a much better golf course for him last week than this one will be, so yep. um, interesting to see. I think, to the counter to that, Sung Jae loves a low-scoring event, and when you look at his history in this event, uh, he's played three times, he finished 11th on debut... Shot weekend rounds of 66 67. He finished 56th in that Olympia Fields renewal, but it was also right after the Olympics, which we know was a big distraction for him. Third last year 67 65, 66 67. And he's just been shooting these, you know, shooting these low rounds all, all low scores, sorry, all season long like 24 under to win the Shriners, 20 under to uh, finish top 10 at the CJ Cup, 24 under at the Century uh, Tournament Champions, 16 under at the Amex. Thirteen under at Torrey Pines, and then you go into his recent run. Fourteen under at the Three Ends, finished second. Fifteen under at the Windons, finished second. Didn't didn't finish well last week, which put me up a little bit. But I just want to give him one more chance.
1: Yeah, amazing. He can. I mean, he can go low. I can't believe he finished twelfth last week. I was sweating him trying to make the cut, He was in most of my lineups last week, and he, yeah. he made it made it right on at, at two under. And then all of a sudden, he you know shoots a sixty three on on Saturday, and he's he's right up there. But my concern with him is just a bit of regression the last couple of weeks in terms of the iron play it's it's you know regressed each of the week he drills fairways which i think is good um so i think on courses where it's important to hit the fairway are places where you need to play him so the unknown on whether or not you hit the fairway here is making me a little skeptical of him because i think that's what his main advantage is that's why he wins at the honda you got to be in the fairway that's why um you know i think windham is very important to be in the fairway why he he contended there so I do like him, but for me, like guys like Victor and Burns you know, right next to him, I prefer just because I like their scoring ability on this type. I, I think if it's a birdie fest, I want Burns. Um, And Victor's a little tougher, but yeah, I, I'd see the appeal for Sungjae, but I, I think I'm
0: going to go elsewhere. So Victor flashed again last week, a couple of rounds of 67, final round 68, Like looks to be in a little bit better form. Still think there's something missing from him, but Burns is undeniable now right like I know Burns has been someone that you've you've struggled to uh really get fully on board with over the year you know I think a lot of it's Bermuda putting and things like that but last week um you know played well again at a course that you know he can play well at. he's done it in the past and finished second there but in this event last year opens with a 64 to to lead after round one shoots 70 round two 65 round three 70 round four so it's had two really low rounds in the event again we know it's a different golf course but just like T's green and approach numbers were great last week, right? He was he was top ten in approach. Um, again driven by two really good rounds, twelve on day one, tenth on day four, um, and then kind of building rounds in between. But T's green as well, just really strong. So um, I think Burns is, is the one to go to. I agree. I, I yeah,
1: that's why I prefer him to M and, and even Harlem, just because especially in a no cut event, like he's gonna make a bunch of birdies. Yeah. Um, he's going to have ego looks. He's going to, you know, he's, he's just a guy who can score, go out there and score. And if this is a birdie fest, I think he's probably one of the best birdie fest players, you know, you're going to see. And that's why I didn't really like him as much last week. Um, but I think he's, a, he's a much better fit this week. And I think with the no cut event, we need to place more emphasis on, you know, guys who, who seem to score a lot of points. Um, and to, you know, this isn't betting, this is, this is draft And sometimes yeah. you can outscore your placement if you make a ton of birdies.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think that's the key difference. And maybe I don't nail down an awful lot in my thinking because I am so betting-oriented, like the UK is very much betting versus DFS. And obviously, you know, this is why you you kind of bring the game theory to, to the show a lot more than I do. And I'm very much selection-based and you're very much uh, thinking about those things. So it's good that you, we've got you on here. Um, so, Julian Kim, mm-hmm. the question is, do you think it's one too many weeks?
1: So good segue there because I was just going to say Burns is seventh in this field and birdie are better. Yeah. He's Past 24. Kim is sixth. So he makes a bunch of birdies and I keep thinking he's going to fall off, but he's, he doesn't. And oh, his, his, stats, his stats were
0: great last week.
1: Unbelievable. And he, he was, he didn't putt it well. He lost 1.3 strokes putting, which is pretty, um, you know, predictable considering he gained almost 13 the prior week, but
0: fifth in since... approach 50 green, Like he was, he was awesome. And like, he never had, I don't think he ever lost strokes in either all week. Um, only a marginal gain a couple of times, both approaching to his green on day one, but like really just got rocking again over the weekend. And if people can do that, and to your point, Birdie a better leader, like he's he doesn't have a cut to worry about, so he can kind of grow into the event. Um, I, I do think he needs to get off to a relatively hot start because of the scoring that where he's supposed to be. But like that was that's a wilder uh, you know run that he's on, and and one that I don't see potentially stopping because he's only got to get through two more weeks and he can have a break. Yeah.
1: And I think yeah, I think he I don't I don't, I don't think he's going to fall off. And, you know, um, maybe it's something to do with these, you know, Korean players like Sung Jay, You could play 10 weeks in a row and doesn't seem to bother him. Maybe that's something that we need to consider going forward. Um, but, yeah, I think he's a good play. I think he he gained eight strokes ball striking you said fifty to green. And that also includes he lost a little bit around the green, too. So if you take that out, he's probably you know, yeah, top yeah. Of three. Yeah. Um, and back to the birdie, or better thing. Our two favorite plays for or two of our three favorite players um Rory is first and Finau is second birdie or better, he just makes a bunch of birdies too so I think this format is going to be really good for him.
0: Folks, sweaty sack summer is approaching and it's now time for you to prioritise the comfort of your crotch. That's why the king of crotch comfort Manscaped has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Now I've had the honour of testing out these new boxers and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear I've ever owned. It's so breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademarked the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time for you to invest into your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LFW20 at Manscaped. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear, it's almost a guarantee to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on a highway to Pleasure Town. The micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, or strut, these moisture-wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce the chafing, and the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bath and breaks quick and efficient. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com, and that's 20% off and free shipping with LFW20 at manscaped.com, so once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you will never go back. I, I just I think he's a different player like I know you said that he could have potentially regressed to, to what he was but I, I do think now he's just like the win last year I thought was really important he didn't kick on from that and I just think he's now gone and won two events as a favourite and I think that was a different way of doing it than what he was to, like now three of his four wins are like when he should win um, and one of them wasn't so I think that's a, a really good bonus um, as we go into kind of the bigger events so he just so confident yeah, like just, and you don't know how long that's gonna last for, right? Like he, he could he could have a really bad couple of weeks, and to finish off and and suck until the end of the year again. Like it is so volatile in golf. But uh, until that happens, I'm very much a uh, you're gonna have to prove to me why I shouldn't do it. Frame of mind at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and and it's served me pretty well at the moment, like especially on the DP World Tour. Like guys are just back to back weeks like all the time at the moment. So um, definitely something to focus on there. Won't go player by player now in the 8K because obviously we spent a a decent amount of time at the top. Um, So who are your guys that you really like in this 8K range?
1: Um, The one thing I want to say is first is that Cameron Smith, I'm sorry, Cameron Young. um, It looks like the most popular bet and one of the most popular players of the week. And I just want to say I'm completely out on that, which may not be a surprise to those who normally listen to me. But... I just think it's people who said, "All right,
0: Willie got his. Now we're gonna get see Cam get his." And I just don't think that's a valid reason. It's exactly the same thing. I, I, I thought everyone was doing wheels at the last week because of that reason. It turned out to pay off, and and sometimes that will happen, right? But like, that is exactly why people are back in Cameron. Like, I know he played well last week, tee green, and I know he played well in approach and things like that. But like, still finished thirty first. Like, he's still, like, he should have missed the cut. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I just i don't particularly buy into the fact that he's going to necessarily just win like it's just not going to happen straight away and i actually like the discount on joaquin neiman at 8600
1: me too that, that's my guy um i as of now i have, I have a single bullet card but I'm, i still think i have room with rory 11 or 12 to 1 just to add uh, neiman as well at, at 40 or oh, 45 i
0: think you have to like in a 70 man field at 40 to 1 i couldn't believe it like i i mean i know he's inconsistent um but I, and i think it's I think it's that. Like, yesterday, I wondered whether, like, the popularity is because he's, you know, South American as opposed to, you know, Chilean rather than American and doesn't get kind of hyped up on TV as much. But I think it's generally because he's just inconsistent and so he doesn't feature every week and people quickly forget about him. But, like, he was very much in the group with um, Hovland and Morikawa and Wolf and he was the forgotten one. And now he's kind of in this group of Ju Young Kim, Cameron Young, and he's the forgotten one of that still. And I just think, like, when he was 11th to Green last week, and I think he was. Even uh, yeah, he was third in approach. Like he had one bad round uh, on the opening day. This feels very much like the form he was in ball striking wise before he won uh, the Genesis. And I just want to capture that.
1: Yeah, I I still uh, I completely agree with you. And I have a take here that people might think is crazy, but I still think he can have a better career than Will Zalatoris. He's he's still younger than him, um, and I think his his upside is completely just as high. Uh, I I'm a huge fan of Neiman. I think he, you know, I, I was always the one arguing when it was the Morikawa, Hovland Neiman thing that like he should be classed with those guys. And a lot of people don't put him with that range. And I do. Uh, and he's still younger than all of them. Um, he's had a, he's had a big win at, at, um, at Riviera. So, and I think this is a great course for him, right? He, he hits the ball far bent grass greens. He just shows completely that he's been a different player on bent grass. Uh, the last week you, you just mentioned it, he's showing that, that, um, Iron play that he showed leading up, leading up to Riviera, so I I like him a lot. I think he can win. Um, I think i want going to bet a top five on him as well because I think I do think Rory's going to win, but I can see definitely Neiman being involved.
0: And I think what people forget one is is how much younger he is. Like he's three years younger than Zalatoris. Like Zalatoris was in that kind of window. Like I know he's he's not that experienced because he didn't get on tour until later than he probably should have done. But like at 26, you're in that window. Same with Scotty Scheffler. Um, I think maybe 25, 26, Like, you 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 should be hitting your stride around that, right? Like twenty six to thirty is, is kind of, I guess, the, the new window of really hitting your best golf. And Neiman's still under that. Um, and thinking about that, he's he's won two already, so he's what he's already ahead of schedule. I think he's also lost two playoffs in twenty twenty one. So he's he's conceivably like one shot away from, um, you know, four victories already. I think that's that's gonna miss. Like he beat Colin Morikawa and Cameron Young at Riviera. Um, and he's lost to Cameron Davis and Harry's English in playoffs. It's not like he's lost to you know scrubs and that green bribe him was by six strokes. Like it was completely dominant. So I think it's because he's inconsistent that like, he just doesn't get picked up on. Um, but you really just need to look at the fact that he's had that ball striking me last week and, and get on board. I think.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that, um, that old white TPC where he won, um, I believe it was redesigned by the same guy who redesigned this course. Um, I, let me double check. I'll double check that, but I do think that I do think that it was because I remember looking into it. And I was like, oh, the old uh, old white, and I was thinking, um, you know, that he that was a, a little bit of a connection there. Yeah. Uh, and similar area of the country too, right? West Virginia. So, um, yeah, everything points. I think yeah, he's definitely a must bet at forty five to one. A must play. Um,
0: and he's another guy I like that event history. He's got he's played here three times and he's got a third already. Like I know that mm-hmm. was in the tougher Olympia Fields one, but like even last year he had one bad round of seventy four, but shot. Two 68s and a sixty six, um, and the you know the the debut that he made here open was seventy four, put himself behind a, the kind of eight ball, but shot the second round sixty five. So, I think you know four years on from a debut now, uh, he's kind of comfortable at this stage, and I think he can really kick on after last week's performance because I think how he performed on a course that ne- doesn't necessarily play to his strengths as much as this one would uh, was really encouraging. Same as Pete yep. now. Yep, that's right. So then you've got some people that. Players, uh, some players that people are going to want to go to in the fact that they're discounted, like a Spieth, like a Hideki uh, Hideki. I just can't get my head around what he's going to do. Uh, I'm not even going to try. I know it's a, probably a good leverage point if you want to do it. Um, I just can't. I don't want to do Spieth either. So then that kind of left me with. I didn't consider Shane Lowry, but I think I probably should. But that left me with Tyrrell Hatton, Aaron Wise that I liked at this this range.
1: Yeah, I I like Wise. He's probably going to be way more popular than Hatton. And I know we talked about it's not going to be, ownership's not going to be incredibly important this week, but it looks like Wise is probably going to be 15, 16, 17%. And no one's really playing Hatton at all. Um,
0: So if the Robert Trent Jones thing is a thing, Hatton's had two top tens in the 2018 and 2016 PGAs that both Robert Trent Jones designed. So I do think he was disappointing last week. Uh, I don't think you can get away from that. And I do think it was a decent enough goal, of course, for him. But he's still open with a 65. Like, he started hot. Um, and I think he can just take advantage of these courses. I still don't necessarily think we know exactly what Cyril Hatton is. Um, I think he, he keeps kind of flip-flopping between. He wants a wide-open course, so he wants a tight course. And I can't I, I can't figure out what Cyril Hatton is. But if he likes these Robert Jones designs and redesigns, then uh, I like it. So I think, I think he's the play.
1: Yeah, I... I do. His he, his stats weren't great last week. Um, I bet him first round leader. He shot that sixty five. I thought he's going to challenge it for a while. Um, and let's see. Windham he was great. Oh, yeah, it's it's tough for me. I mean, is he going to be able to keep up if it's a birdie fest?
0: I think so. I think he can. Like I think it's all just it's just form related with him. And I know it's not the best form, but he's kind of shown enough to me in recent weeks that he can get hot. Um, I guess. It, I think it depends how you're approaching it. Like Hatton, uh, Wise is the best, like, floor play, I think, of, of the guys. Like, I think it gives you the safest output. Uh, but Hatton could, could be a difference maker, I think.
1: Yeah, so looking at Birdie or Better real quick. Hatton's um, 45th of 68 guys in Birdie or Better. That's Wise a, is 20, 23rd.
0: Surprising, isn't it? I mean, I guess that probably tells you what you need to know about it then, but... I'm surprised by that, because I think he's the he type of guy that can get can get hot. I guess he just hasn't had his best stuff all season, really. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: it only last 24 rounds, so um, I think, yeah. you can. It, I like it as a contrarian play, for sure. Uh, and he's been playing pretty good. Last week could have been a blip, too. His stats weren't great, but, I mean, before that, they were. So, yeah, I, I like it as a play.
0: Anything else for you in the 8K that you wanted to note?
1: Um, let's see, just real quick. What do I got? Um... No one else I'm really playing, especially just the way I'm constructing my lineups. I, I'm really trying to jam in two top guys to every lineup because I think there's probably eight guys who can win this event, and it, if you're not putting two of them in your lineup, then you're just making a mistake. So I think that's going to naturally bring you down a little further than the eight K. So,
0: are people giving up on Homer yet?
1: Um, he, he just he he's been underwhelming statistically and finish wise. That's my only issue with him. I, he's won in this area, which I do think it you know might maybe a good thing. So his event form is
0: terrible. Uh, 61st, 59th, 63rd. So he he doesn't play the events well. Um, but I, I don't know. It just feels like we always get he gets hyped up, and I feel like there he's just sitting there at 8500 and maybe not getting any recognition. And it just wouldn't surprise me if he's there on a on a course that could demand some decent driving. So um, I wouldn't totally overlook Homer. I, I I can't. He's one of those ones where I can't really give you a reason to play him, other than the fact that I think people giving up into it, giving up on him a bit. Um, after a run of really just wanted to play him.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I I considered playing him. I actually have a star next to his name, but I just I'm not going to be able to get there. I do like him, but I just like too many guys better. I'm 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 going to click Neiman over him every time.
0: Yeah, 100. Um, percent Going into the 7Ks, then uh, I don't like this range. I do not like this range at all. I think I'd almost rather drop into the 6Ks here earlier point at the start of the show where you know these guys are in the top 70 for a reason, but. I guess if I was going to pick anyone they'd probably be the same as everyone else so I'd go with Cameron Davis maybe Taylor Pendrith um, that would probably be it like I know you're going to get kind of volatile plays out of people like Thigala and Mito and things like that but I don't want to go there
1: why are people betting Tagalog this
0: week. I saw a bunch of people betting him. I don't understand it, really. Uh, because he's the next one after Cameron Young that everyone thinks they want to be the first one to to win on. And he shot a 63 last week, I guess. like uh, uh, It's just everyone just wants to bet the guy that they think they need to be first on. And yeah. it's worrying, I think.
1: Yeah, he's not winning this week. Sorry everyone has to take it out. I can definitively <laughs> say that. Um, no chance. I'll go on record. No chance. Um, so... I'll cut that up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I like the same guys you do, I guess, but I still think they're playable. I don't think the ownership is going to be, you know, incredibly um, debilitating. But Davis, I like, he's the one whose ownership is going to be out of control, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I'm probably going to avoid him. And I'm just going to play Pendrith instead, who's also going to be popular, but not quite as popular. And the reason I like him is because I think, look at these par fives. They're 650 yards. So, in a lot of these, so there's 650 yard par fives, and then the par fours are short. So what does that mean he's going to have into both of those holes? A, w- a wedge, wedge, right? 70, yeah. 75 to 100 yards. And that's exactly what he did when he was in contention at, at Rocket Mortgage. Um, so I think he's going to be able to bomb it and then be able to just flip his wedge in there, which he showed that he can do. When he gets into trouble is when he needs to hit his approach between 150 and 200 yards. He's really poor in that in that regard. So we, And we saw that last week. With the, he was really horrible over the weekend, and I think that's why. So, I do think he's a much better fit for this course, and therefore, I'm more willing to play him. Plus, he can't miss the cut, which I'd be very nervous about if this was a cut event. But I do think he's going to make plenty of birdies.
0: Yeah, and I think it's weird because, like, if you look at his stats, he was really high, at, like, uh, on day one in both approach and tee to green in total. Uh, he was second tee to green, um, and he was fifth in approach, and that wasn't his best round. Like, so I think he's a really hard guy to, to kind of get right, but. Maybe, like, to your point, he could just be that he needs those kind of short wedges.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it is. And then I'm going to go back to not go back to him. I haven't been, been on him in ages, but Mito. Um, a lot of people liked him last week, and I didn't at all. I didn't think it was a good course for him. I think this is. I talked about the bench grass with him. Neiman's evolved as a player to where he doesn't need to be on bench grass to be good. I still prefer him there. But with Mito, I think he almost does, right? They, they talk a lot about how in uh, these Chilean golfers they are so used to playing on those types of surfaces. Um, but last week he was 42nd. He gained 3.5 on approach. So I think that was really encouraging for him. Um, I just think this is a much better golf course for him than last week was.
0: I've never got there with him apart from the week after. I think it was he, he won. Oh, no, sorry. He had a chance to win the PGA. Then he, he bounced back really well. I think was he like sixth the week after he lost the PGA? Yeah. And I then bet him the following week saying, like, I was just really impressed with how he bounced back. And I think that's about the only time I've been on him, and I mean he hasn't been great since. So I bet him. I must have bet him at the Memorial. So he finished third at the PGA, seventh at the Charles Schwab, and I thought, well, that's really impressive. Let's go to Memorial where it's really tough, and he'll he'll kind of prosper. And he did okay. And then he's just been on this kind of miscut tear. Now I don't. That doesn't necessarily surprise me because, you know, it's just been hard to keep up what he was doing earlier in the season, but. I don't know. He's one of those ones where like I don't know if I've got enough reasons to suddenly change my mind on him.
1: Yeah. I I do like him better in a birdie fest too. He's tenth and birdie or better. When you see him won he won a bunch of corn ferry tour events, all those events are in the mid twenties. Um so I, I think I, I'd like him as a bounce back and I'm hoping that a lot of people went to him last week and he wasn't great, that maybe this week they'll kinda of lay off him a bit more than it seems like they're going to. So yeah, I I I like this uh I like this layout a
0: lot better for him. So I'm I'm gonna go there. I know these Stats are a little bit noisy, but I just pulled up this 75 to 100 uh, yard range. I know it's really hard to do because not all 75 to 100 yard shots are relative and things like that. You have you have to keep that in mind. Uh, but Justin Thomas first, Max, God, Homer, the best Max Homer fourth, Shane Lowry thirteenth, uh, Sam Burns fourteenth, Sung Jim seventeenth. They're the kind like of his- they're the kind of headline selections, and then Pendrous there twenty fifth.
1: That's my one concern with Rory. Where is he in that? Uh,
0: I mean, he Can't has very... he has improved, doesn't he? Um, recently, but he, I imagine, he he's probably kind of like two hundredth. Like he's terrible. Yeah. Uh, where is he? One hundred and forty third, up from one hundred and sixty six. So hopefully, I'm wrong on that on that range. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. You, I don't know. It, I think he's is a type of guy can kind of get over those types of things. Um, yeah. Jason talked on the, on the best show last night about liking Davis Riley. I couldn't see it, but is there any interest in Davis Riley?
1: Nah, not at all. I've never been interested in Davis Riley. Sebu Kim is one that maybe, like, because no one's, no one's going to play him whatsoever. And his stats looked good last week. I do realize that a lot of that is because one one great round, um, which is a little concerning. But he, he ended up gaining across the board, but he lost 5.1 stroke sputting. Still finished in 42nd, had a really good Sunday, which I think he could carry over. Um, so I do think no one's playing him, and he's a guy who can make birdies, no cuts, so you don't have to worry about that, you know, although the withdraw is a little bit scary. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I am thinking about putting him in a lineup or two.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was, he was first tee to green on approach in, in round one, right? Like that That's yeah. perfect. And in 26th tee to green on the final day, 52nd on approach. So his iron's maybe not where they need to be. Uh, to really contend, but he's so like course dependent. Like, if, if he likes a course, he likes a course. Um, I guess the person I've kind of gone over a little bit, Brian Harmon, is there like, is he just going to keep this form up? Like, he's he's been eight for the Travellers, sixth for the Open, third at the Fed at St. Jude. Um, surprising that he was disappointing at the Wyndham, really, when you consider all those. Um, not That's sure. strange, 71st at the Wyndham, 67, 69, 73, 69. Um, missed the cut of the Genesis with uh, Scott Chauvin, which I'm not too surprised about, but it's actually like sneakily been really good for a long time. Like 35th at the Heritage, 9th at the Wells Fargo, 34th at the PGA, 18th Memorial, makes the cut at the US Open and has a really bad weekend, 75-76. And then just that run of events that he's been on. So I actually quite like Brian Harmon from a, from a DFS point of view, um, definitely not in terms of betting
1: right and i I don't mind it but this in this week in particular i'm just going for the home run on every single name i click like and i just don't think he's the home run play and you look at these bmws i'm thinking of a scoring fest full of elite players elite skill sets and to me it just doesn't lead me to brian Harmon. but his stats have been great and
0: yeah this window thing is strange like that's the event he should have been third at not uh, well he he is definitely the epitome of the guy that you wanted it to be tough like he's he's in that Mm -hmm. kind of fitzpatrick hold right like he's He's got a 13th place finish here before his best finish was a 12th, but that was at that Olympia field. So um, maybe it's just going to get away from him. But all the same, he seems to be playing some pretty good golf.
1: Yeah, he he totally is. Um, Yeah, agreed.
0: Loved Seamus Power last week, missed the cut, second missed cut in a row. Um, Not been playing great golf. Are we giving up on Seamus Power?
1: Yeah, I'm done with him. He he pissed me off so bad last week. I needed him. I had such a good lineup and he was the sixth guy. Um,
0: Yeah, it's
1: probably my fault. Sorry, Matt. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I came into the show like yeah, a lot too so it definitely isn't your fault but I, yeah I'm done with them for now
0: Is that enough for us in the 7k range? I mean like I said I, I kind of prefer the 6k at some point Yep it is <sighs> I say I prefer the 6k but I do think there's some tough decisions to make so here you've got a lot of guys that probably don't fit the mould of what we're expecting in this event but are actually just outperforming like the the general thing like Scott Stallings I don't necessarily look at Christian Brescina I wouldn't necessarily look at Kevin Kisner's was ball striking was really good last week uh in flashes as well any of those appeal
1: um see, bez I kind of liked only because it seems like he's a little cheaper than we're used to and he's in the cheaper range than we're used to seeing him at like I hated when people were playing him at eighty five hundred but when he's sixty eight hundred <laughs> I think it's, it's fine. He's the first. He ranks number one in his last 24 rounds in bent grass putting. He's just an incredible putter on, on bent grass. Um, he hasn't been good, all that good lately, but I talked about home run play. It seems like in these bigger events is kind of when he plays a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Oh, I just don't know what he is. Like, I, yeah. I still think he's the most heavily overrated player on the PJ Tour. Um, that's probably not true because there's some guys that are... Uh, rated as one of the best in the world and they don't win but like he, he's just a guy that I think people want to win and just doesn't
1: um, yeah I might take him out he's awful birdie or better too
0: Harold Varner III is 21st on the season in birdie or better is that something that we should be focusing on
1: I think it is something we should be focusing on but I think I also think he stinks <laughs> <laughs> he
0: just oh, he just
1: like 9800 9, at Wyndham and misses the cut he just I don't know. I can't get him right.
0: I thought he was a prime candidate for Liv, and then when he came out and said he wasn't, he's he's kind of stunk ever since, so maybe he should have been uh, thinking along the same lines as I was. I uh, I still love Taylor Moore. I like KH Lee in this range. And then I think the the two TMs that we always talk about, Troy Merritt and Trey Mullinax.
1: Uh, Taylor Moore I love. I love. I know you're high on him the last couple of weeks, and he's eighth and birdie or better. What's not to like about him? I mean, he just stripes the ball from tee to green um he's a birdie maker you know this is the best field in golf and he's eighth and birdie or better uh gained three more on approach last week uh just been absolutely striping it uh so i'm definitely gonna play him especially no you know you worry about an event like this if a guy like that is just gonna come down to earth and miss the cut but he can't miss the cut he'll still make birdies so i'm playing him um mullinax i'm a little more concerned about if that was maybe I don't know. He likes he likes the course, and a lot of that was course history. So maybe it's just he was going back to a place he felt really comfortable.
0: Yeah, I I just like Trey because I just think he's he's playing better than people are giving him credit for. Like this is a sustained run of form now: win 21st, 37th, fifth, and those first and fifth are, are really highlighted. Um, you know, and the, and the 21st at the, the Open Championship I think uh, is being overlooked. So to me, I'm just really impressed. Uh, Taylor Moore, I think is probably my my favorite safest play i'd say and then you've got troy Merritt. there's one on robert trent jones scores
1: i like Merritt. he's too cheap i think 6300 you
0: really like troy Merritt, like a lot and I, I i thought you'd be knocking down the door with me troy Merritt, troy Merritt, like a pair of 65s <laughs> open last week
1: yeah and i, I played a lot of him he was in uh that lineup i had that was a five out of six because of seamus power but i i am a little concerned last week um it was all putting last week, and but prior to that, it's been the opposite. And he, so I'm worried he's kind of reverting back to who he was, where he's not really that great at on approach or off the tee. But he just is a good putter. Uh, and last week that's exactly what he was. He fell off over the weekend. He's kind of losing momentum. That's my concern.
0: See, so only he only lost strokes once in a pro uh, in tee to green. He on the final day. The other times he was a slight gainer every day. Um, an approach he was he was pretty bad over the weekend in general. He was actually bad in approachable week. He had, a, he had one round inside the top 30, but I just think he can turn it around, right? Like the core suits, and I think with these Robert Trent Jones um, designs, like Andy Lack said, like, you know, they're, they're just, they ask the same question. If you can answer that one question, you're probably okay. So I think that suit trying to he just doesn't have to think about it. Like he can just find a repeatable action and, and just keep pounding down the fairways, and uh, I think he can do that.
1: Yeah, I am going to play him. I'm, so the, the guys who I'm actually truly going to click and play in this in this range are merit more and who is the other one anyone else you like i'm, I'm trying to like i forget what i was going to say
0: so andrew putnam has now sort of come up with some form three weeks in a row 11th 27th fifth like it's probably pretty hard to ignore do i think he can carry that on with, and now we're kind of trimming the fat a little bit i don't see why not he's he's Finished 16th in this event in the past. He shot 67, 66, 66, 68 that time. Uh, when he finished 48, uh, 43, he had two rounds uh, sub 70 as well. So, I do think he's a guy that can kind of sustain form. His approach numbers. He had two good rounds. Middle middle rounds of 24th and second at approach, and then lost either side of that. Um, so his his irons uh, have been pretty volatile last week. But two spike rounds, I think, is is impressive enough for Palmer.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. And the the other guy who I was going to say here, um, and I, I played Putnam last week, and he, yeah, he was great. Is Mackenzie Hughes at the Flat Men 6K? And the reason I kind of like him is because he gained strokes on approach last week. Um, two point. Uh, let's see, not him. That was I clipped the wrong guy. Um, he did gain slightly, I think, two strokes on approach. Didn't obviously finish um, all that well, but. He's the type of guy who I think has a higher ceiling. We're like, can you see like a, a leaderboard of being like Rory, Rom, Mackenzie Hughes in fourth, and then like a bunch of other studs? I, I Just something that I can see happen, and I feel like he's kind of, in bigger events, he's kind of peaked before, um, and he's just so cheap, and I, it can enable you to do a lot of stuff, and I don't like anyone else that's that cheap. So I was thinking, of, literally nobody's playing him. I think he's the least owned guy in the field.
0: I'd probably go with JJ Spawn over the two, just because I think... Hughes is that guy that needs Olympia Fields type conditions because when you look at his event form he stands out there Um, and you look at US Opens and things like that but I mean like you've got 6k guys here right that were like flavour of the month at any point during the year and I know it's it's a long season right but like why can't a Kitty Arma or a Lootless flash for one week? Is Alex Smalley now done because he's had you know a couple of well he's had one bad week right Like he finished 13th for the windham and open 65 close 64 10 for the squash open 16 for the john deere i think i don't have the like the, the bent grass splits or anything like that on alex smallie but if, if that was something that was positive for smallie um i think that's something to consider like i don't know if he's a better player on that surface or not that might be something that you can tell me but if he is and 6 ones great i think
1: it's actually his worst surface. There you go. Um, so, so you can probably. He's a small sample size though, so who knows? But uh, to, kind of to your point, um, why not go to the flavor of the month thing? And that's my my thing here is I think people are going to more of the flavor of the month, not not like an absurd amount, but like is Mackenzie Hughes worse than all those players you just listed? But no one, he's not the flavor of the month, so no one's even thinking that he exists. So why not just click him? And there's going to be so much other chalk everywhere else that maybe you're different. And if he spikes, then you have a good chance to win.
0: There's that? What's the what's the consensus around Lucas Glover at the moment?
1: Lucas Glover, yeah, he, yeah, he showed up last week, huh? that was kind of
0: so he was uh, 14th in tea to green last week and 17th in approach, which normally you would kind of flip flop those results. But I'm just looking at kind of his history when he gets to this event: 12th, 7th, and 38th. His last three starts here, The 38th last year, he was 10th at the halfway stage. He was seventh in. Um, 2019 actually got worse. Every round, third, fifth, sixth, seventh. He was twelfth in 2017. Again, I know these causes aren't the same, but if he just plays well in his part of the world, fourteenth, thirteenth, one really bad finish, sixty sixth, and then thirty first, twelfth, seventh, thirty eighth. Like, I think he's a guy that when he's hot can just score you a bunch of points.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't seem to be very popular uh, whatsoever. Just see the. Um, I just want to see has he really got. Is, done well in these events where there's a lot of scoring he was fifth at the sony Open, finished at 18 under Yep. um john deere in 21 2021 when he won he was 19 under so yeah i, I do think he can um he can kind of keep pace yeah i like that play he,
0: he shouldn't be a guy that does that cause he's putting so bad right but like when you look at where he's won he won that disney event 23 under won the wells fargo 15 under one john deere 19 under uh one on the corn Ferry 18 under obviously his us opens a completely different kettle of fish but you know, he has just played well in low scoring events in the past, so I do like Lucas Glover at sixty one. Um and I do think you, you need to have players down here. So um yeah, I think I think we've kind of boxed that off and I'm pretty happy with the summary there. Anyone I haven't mentioned there's probably for a reason.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: Um yeah, that, let's summarise that up then, uh Matt, because you know, we've been, been chilling a decent while. Um favourite in the ten K range, short short range this week. Uh Rory. Yeah, I'm gonna go with JT. I'm gonna to stick to that kind of gun there. Uh, 9K range. I'm gonna go with. I was gonna go with Phenel, but I don't know. If maybe I've talked myself into Burns today. uh Fina or Burns? I can't decide. Um, I,
1: as I discussed, kind of with my with my roster construction, I'm probably starting two guys 10K. So I'm probably I'm not gonna play this guy. But if I had to pick one, it would be Can'tley just because of his ability to, to score and put on bent grass.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Completely. Are we both fucking Neiman at 8K? 8-6, I think he's the best play. Uh, 7K range, I will go with, I think it's got to be Pendrith, because Cam Davis is going to be so popular. But I'd, I'd be interested to see uh, where Brian Harmon is at the end of the week, so I don't think too many people are going to play him at
1: 7-7. Yeah, I'll go Mito.
0: Cool, I like that. And then there's 6K range now, I'm going to go with Lucas Glover. And I'm going to go with Taylor Moore. Yeah, I'm glad you said Taylor because it means that we've got both covered. Um I do th- I do think KH Lee is a decent play, at sixty four hundred. I-, I do like KH Lee. He just seems to get hot in these kind of events. Um but that's it, Matt. I mean we've had a, a little bit of chat there on all different things, PJ tour, live golf, everything, um, formats. I think we've probably managed to talk ourselves into three or four conversational podcasts over the um winter period. I know a couple of people reached out and so said they didn't they'd be interested in those. So Let's uh, let's get those queued up. We'll uh, we'll release some kind of details on them once we've got the tour championship out of the way um, next week. Matt, remind me how the tour championship format works on the DraftKings. So
1: I think it's um, you get points for for where they are in the um, you know the pre the loaded up score. So like whoever's in first place is going to be is going to be very very expensive. Yeah. And and so you and you start with the first place points already. So, um, so yeah, you're you're paying basically for the you're pre-paying for points that you want to start the tournament with, and then so yeah, it's just pretty awful to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I don't think I get <laughs> too excited about it. I mean, one person I would say who's really really good um, at those kind of game theories type things that I that I speak to, he kind of blows my mind every week is uh, Skyler Hoke, uh, SkyhookDFS mm-hmm. on Twitter. He, he's really good at kind of like breaking down the optimal way of doing it. Whether he you know wins or not is is different, but um he, he certainly knows the idea he wants to attack it with and sticks by it so um one to kind of look at if he tweets some stuff out but matt thank you as ever, buddy. i think that's pretty much us boxed up for the day and uh, i look forward to uh, a profitable week again
1: all right thanks for having me